God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, it's Friday, so I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Hello, Scott. So, uh, you know, um, it's nice to have you on the show today. Well, we want you on every day, but uh, we get you on Fridays. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for signing up uh, who's who's placed their orders over at My Patriot Supply, our new sponsor. Um, and uh, the way you get there is you go P.S. That's MyPatriotSupply.ScottAdamsShow.com. Also, uh, we have a new announcement that we put out there. And if you, if you uh, what we're asking people to do is if you've signed up or if you've ordered from MyPillow.com in the last six months... Uh, then email a testimonial to mypillow at scottadamshow.com. That's mypillow at scottadamshow.com. And if you email us a testimonial or whether you liked your product or, uh, you know, we're looking for customer satisfaction feedback. We're also going to take some, some of the testimonials and we're going uh, to shout them out on the air. And we'll either use your name or not use your name. Uh, it's one way or the other. It's okay. and um, But we want to know also, uh, we want to basically uh, be able to uh, know who our listeners are that are actually responding to some of our promotions. We'd like and to know how effective they are. So it's only if you've actually made those orders and you used Red State as your code. It would be nice to hear from you. And you can email mypillow at scottadamshow.com. So that's that's one thing. Now let's uh, talk about a couple couple of things that are on our short list. Yes, yes. I got a lot of feedback yesterday from uh, what we were talking about with regard to Elon Musk. Yeah. And so 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 let's talk more about that. <laughs> Go ahead. Elon, well, Elon Musk. So you've got you've got kind of a unique theory about Elon Musk. Well, it came up yesterday on the show live. Yeah. And I was like peeling this onion and a light bulb 
went off in my head, and I was like, wait a second. Like one of those comic book strip characters where you see the light bulb above your head. So I did a little research on this, and um, what was interesting about it is, is sure enough, I was right, uh, because I was just kind of spitballing yesterday. But in 2017, The Guardian put out a uh, news clipping, or they put, put out a report, and the report was basically that Elon Musk, and as gratuitous as this is, and the Disney boss quit Trump's business panel over Paris, uh, the Paris deal, the Paris um, pullout. So Donald Trump may think, and this is 2017, this is written by The Guardian, and this is a tweet by Elon Musk, uh, I'm departing the presidential councils. Climate change is real. Leaving Paris is not good for America or the world. And Robert Iger, uh, I guess he was the... He, uh, was, a former, he was a former CEO of Disney. As a matter Disney. of principle, I've resigned from the President's Council over the Paris Agreement withdrawal. Okay, so Trump created his business advisory panel shortly after his election as he sought to show how his administration would revamp the U.S. by drawing on private sector expertise. The departures are a disaster for the president, while Trump has claimed an economic rationale for the U.S.'s exit from the most ambitious climate change agreement in history. Big business has cried foul. Of course, we are in full agreement with Donald Trump, and we are absolutely opposed to this Paris agreement Yeah, in every way, shape, and form. Now, this is written up by The Guardian. And they were proud, pounding their chest that they got Elon Musk and Robert Iger to basically try to embarrass the president at the time, President Donald Trump. So uh, Lloyd Blankfein said, today's decision is a setback for the environment and for the U.S. leadership position in the world. Lloyd Blankfein was at the time BlackRock. Was he really? Yeah, I think that's the name, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to click on that. So, yeah, former CEO on a gap year. So, yeah, look that up if you can. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. And in April, go ahead. Well, Lloyd Blankfein was the chairman of uh, Goldman Sachs. So, I'm sorry, maybe I did have it wrong. So, it was Goldman Sachs. I I misspoke. Well, yeah, but you know who owns J.P. Morgan? I just looked that one up because I was looking up something related to the Rockefellers. Yeah. And you know the Rockefellers owned Chase. Right. Yeah. And they owned. Uh, well, they used to call Chase the Rock- Morgan. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, they used to call Chase the Rockefeller Bank until they merged with uh, J.P. Morgan. F- but again, as, as our listeners know, I work out, there. Find, yeah. And find out who owns J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Is BlackRock and Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like we've been telling you. And, you know, here's the thing. So we're going to play some clips from Donald Trump uh, from yesterday. Yeah. And he was in Florida and he was speaking uh, before a uh, fundraising group, I guess. And uh, Larry, uh, Larry Fink. And yeah, that was the name. Well, Larry Fink is the yeah. leader of BlackRock. Now yeah. we talk about him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, on the Scott Adams show. Yeah. So Lloyd Fink says in 1967, Florida granted special governance and tax status to Disney World. Maybe that was a bad policy, but to revoke it because Robert, uh, Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis objects to Disney's position on unrelated legislation smacks of government retaliation for exercising free speech. Get this. Um, 
they're trying to be the ambassadors of free speech, right? And it's it sounds silly because it's not retaliation. What what is Governor DeSantis retaliating from? And when you hear Brian Stelter talking about uh, talking about this, don't say gay bill. They're, they're, it's, they're it's, misinterpreting. It's a well, they're they're misnaming it. They're also misinterpreting it. And furthermore, you know, I, I I read something very interesting. Somebody made a comment like, if I talk about sex in the workplaces, and this is an adult saying yeah. this, it's sexual harassment. But then why is it okay for you know? elementary school children to be talking about it. Right, right. Well, <laughs> well anyway, so Lloyd Blankfein uh, was cited in the Guardian uh, article as well. Yeah. The, so the two defections and Blankfein's message leave a lot of other people on Trump's high-powered business council in a very awkward position. You know, there was nothing wrong with that business council. The business council was basically trying to get the business leaders in America mm-hmm. To get on board with with you know being open and transparent to the population, yeah. and basically saying, you know, what is it that we um, what is it that we uh, want to embrace, and what is it that would be good for business and commerce, and what what is it that would be great for the American worker, and and what what is wrong with that? Yeah. So, what part of the Paris Accord? Or the Paris, it's not Paris Accord, it's Paris Agreement. Right. What part of that Paris Agreement is good for America? When China were was to get uh, 30, um, and I think we re-entered that agreement yeah. in some form. Um, because the agreement failed, right? And they're, they're rekindling that agreement yeah. because the United States is necessary to make the agreement work. Um but the biggest violators are not the United States. That's the other big problem with the Paris Agreement. And then China gets, you know, this developing nation status. Uh, they get a 30-year window where we have to actually become energy dependent overnight. And yeah. so, in essence, the Paris Agreement's barely even uh, in effect. And yet Biden is, is in, endorsing every single um, executive decision that could possibly uh, hurt us like as if we're in the Paris Agreement. So no other countries are really doing it. I mean, in fact, we're taking our, our reserves, our, our oil reserves. This one burns me up completely. And it's in my Twitter feed. And we're shipping our oil reserves to Europe. What in the world is going on that we're shipping our oil reserves to Europe? How in the world is that good for America? It's not. Why in the world would we um, choose to shut down the development of the Keystone XL pipeline? Why? Why in the world did we shut down fracking and penalize all of that? You know, when we are sitting on the world's largest oil deposits in the, you know, I almost said the world's largest oil deposits in the world. The world's largest. Hmm. That would have been a problem. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that. So Jamie Jamie Dimon was also another guy that left, uh, chairman, president, and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. And you know what? He answers the BlackRock. And again, you better believe that the reason why they're doing it is because Elon Musk was all about his electric cars, and Jamie Dimon, uh, as we just said, J.P. Morgan Chase is owned by who? BlackRock and Vanguard. And BlackRock and Vanguard 
run by like Larry Fink, who wants to control your behavior, is a globalist that's financing all of this stuff. They have no problem with the war escalating. They have no problem with refugees flying all over the world. They have no problem with open borders and slave labor markets in China or here in America or the refugees going over to Germany. They have no problem with the exploitation of manpower. They have no problem with any of this stuff. These people are pure evil. What I've been talking about with regard to the attack on the middle class, inflation, I quoted Thomas Sowell, inflation is the biggest theft from the middle class to the power elite in, in history. It's the biggest, it's always historically the biggest way to steal from you. It, it takes your dollar, if you put your dollar under a mattress, it would be devalued. And they're doing it to us. And we're letting them. We need to stop paying our bills. We are the ones feeding them. And the thing is, is that, like I said about boycotts, if I boycott Netflix and I choose something else, it's still going into the pockets of Larry Fink and BlackRock. Like, there's no way to escape it. We've actually created such a monster, and I said this yesterday. It's a Frankenstein situation. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and I use, uh, you would be uh, happy that I did this one, Little Shop Fars, that I brought in the theater. You brought in the theater and you brought in uh, the uh, the plant. Well, yeah, because that plant got too big. Yeah, that plant. It's like you got a big dog and then that dog got real big. Yeah. Right? And next thing you know, it's like, who's feeding who? Yeah, well, and that's the uh, feed archetype. Feed me Seymour. Well, that, well, feed me, exactly, feed me Seymour, yes. <laughs> well, no, that, but that's the idea. Sometimes you create an idea and you think it's going to be uh, like a powerful thing that you can control. And then the monster becomes bigger than the creator and the monster takes over the, the person who actually created him. So that, that's the biggest fear. You know, that's, that's why we have that expression, uh, I created a monster. Well, you know what I love about Donald Trump? And, you know, I talked this week about Cernovich throwing Trump under the bus. Mm-hmm. And Cernovich is a very powerful influencer. He's connected with Jack Posobiec. He's connected with Will Chamberlain, Human Events, and a lot of other publications. And um, they have a powerful circle of friends, including Cat Turd. Uh, And you say, well, Cat Turd, who's Cat Turd? And, of course, most people who are on Twitter and and Getter know about Cat Turd. He's got a huge following. And he's an influencer. And... uh, you know, the guy's over 50, by the way. I mean, he's a, you know, the guy that runs Cat Turd is no, no joke. He's well, it's a, definitely he's an interesting and memorable name. He's, yeah, and it's a, great, it's a great concept he came up with. And he has some of the best tweets I've ever read. And I uh, follow him. But here's the thing, you know, um, he too came out with a poll that said DeSantis is winning. And of course, DeSantis, like a rock star, is having a victory after victory after victory. And he puts out a poll, and it's a large-numbered poll, and DeSantis was outpacing Trump. And Trump is, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit concerned and worried about it. Of course, they're trying to get this truth social out into the ether. And I'm on a waiting list with four different accounts. I have the MAGAPAC and the BugleCall.org. Uh, and if you want to make a donation, go over to magapac.org and make a donation to support America First policies to make America great again. But the thing is, is that we also have Red State Talk Radio's uh, account and we have Scott Adams Show's account. 
And so we have these four accounts, and they're sitting there waiting in the wings. And what can I tell you? I mean, they can't seem to... The only explanation is they're waiting on investors because people don't spend their own money on these investments. And they're waiting on investors, and the investors are confused. The investors are confused because they don't know what Elon Musk is going to do. So Elon Musk, this hero, this, you know, and I, I listened to Tr- Tucker Carlson talk about Elon Musk three, four days ago. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was where I was too with it. It's like everything hinges on Elon Musk. And I'm like, that's really unbelievable that our country, especially in this 2022 election season, is hinging on what Elon Musk is going to do. And I thought about it for a second, and yesterday, like a light bulb, it went off in my head, and I said, you know, this is kind of an interesting concept, but so long as he's toying around with this idea, and this weeks turns into months, and months turns into well, no, we'll just leave it at that. Weeks turn into months. <laughs> months. Days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into months, right? Months turn into years. No, 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 years they... turn into decades. <laughs> yes. No, I got to stop it at some point because we're talking about the 2022 election. Oh, well, then that's not going to go on that long. Yeah, I can't go into years because it's this year. It's only as We've had ones of... that have gone How many in months away from... is November? Uh, November is a little bit more than six months away because okay. today is April uh, you know, we're in, we're and then in the months turns into April. and then months turns into six months. Well, we you know, uh, twenty years ago when we had the uh, tw- the two thousand election or twenty two years ago, that was like the first time I remember an election not being resolved the day of the election, and that ca- I think that created a precedent that yeah. that it could be election month or election six months. Okay, well, here's the thing though. So you know, you got this situation where if Truth Social. And Donald Trump's baby, right? And uh, Getter and Parler and Gab were to get the investors that they wanted. They would have been a stronger force and a stronger... They would have definitely hurt the fiduciary... uh, They would have definitely hurt the shareholders of Twitter, right? Because anything you take away from Twitter at this point... So Twitter was hobbling around uh, $38 a share, $37 a share. Elon Musk injects $3.5 billion worth of cash into Twitter. And we've already just read the 2017 Guardian news news article that says basically that uh, Trump, uh, Elon Musk hated Trump for pulling out of the Green Deal. Yeah. It was a bad deal for America. And everybody can agree with that. So where's Elon Musk's heart? Is it with America? I don't think so. I think it's with his bottom line. I think, you know, he was, and I watched the documentary on him, and he's, well, it was just a recent one, interview he gave with Ted. You should check it out. It's actually really revealing. And he said he slept on the floor, and he slept with the workers, and he was basically um, almost bankrupt. And he could have, it could have gone either way with Tesla. And at the time, I guess he was desperate. But the idea uh, was that he sold he chose he sold out America for Tesla? Yeah, is my my point is because if he's selling out Trump, who's all about the America first, um, you know, agenda mm-hmm. to make America great again, and Elon Musk turns coat on Trump over a Paris agreement, 
Where's Elon Musk's heart? And what kind of relationship do they really have? So why didn't Elon Musk invest his money in Truth Social? Why did he invest in Twitter? Twitter, who one of the chief board members is this guy, Bin Talal, we've been talking about. That's friends with Bill Gates and friends with Lindsey Graham and friends with Jamal Khashoggi, who's now dead, and all these different kind of characters in the Middle East. And so my point is, what if this is all a ruse? What if they're thinking like they're at odds with each other, but they're really... And so this whole thing about DeSantis coming up with this lawsuit against Twitter is actually kind of important because it's going to result in discovery. And that discovery is going to be a situation where they're going to have to defend their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholder. And in the end of the day... It could be that Elon Musk's investment into Twitter and the board's approval of that investment and their connection with Elon Musk could be a ruse on the American people and not about free speech at all, but about actually giving back to the shareholders of Twitter. And so you're going to start to hear certain things if my prediction is right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear that they're going to, uh, the next shoe to drop after this in, bigger investment comes in and after Elon Musk takes over as a shareholder, which I think will happen, um, it'll remain whether or not they bring Trump back. And Trump has already been on record as saying he doesn't know whether he would go back there or not because Trump is not going to be played a fool or a pawn. He's the chairman of the board. He's not going to be treated like a pawn. He's not going to put himself in a position to be an underling to a guy like Elon Musk. You see what I mean? Totally. So the idea is <clears throat> that it, Trump is, you know, in one sense, con conflicted because if he were to go back to Twitter, it would be great for his political future if he's not censored. It would also be great for Twitter. It would be the end of Truth Social as you know it. And probably Getter and Parler and Gab too. And that's exactly where the Twitter shareholders would be benefiting from that. And probably the shares would go up to 70. Elon Musk would make billions of dollars on that investment. He would be considered a hero, but... If he delays and delays and delays in the year 2022, mm -hmm. this year, and it impacts the midterm elections so that the Republicans don't gain as much power as they are likely to gain, then this could be a real ruse and a real coup for the Liberal Party. And that's the, that's the issue. The issue here is just that, that... Uh, that we have a situation and keep your eye on the ball because the longer they delay this stuff and I believe you're going to see delay after delay after delay you're going to see initial um, steps forward and then you're going to have delays and there's going to be no explanation for the delays and it's going to feed right into the election season and it's going to be great for the bottom line of the share for the shareholders of Twitter but in the end of the day, nothing truly, I mean, I think there will be some positive change, but not full change. Because I don't think that it, uh, Twitter could go on 
and sustain life if they were to censor someone like a Donald Trump who's a presidential candidate in 2024. And I think they already know that. So they're roadmapping this thing in 2022. But they're also using this in a way to take leverage away from true competitors, Getter, Parler, Gab, and Truth Social, who would actually steal away a lot of power and influence and leverage almost to the point where it would be too late to recover. And I think that would be the case. That, that they wouldn't even be viable for a buyout at some point, Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I think it's early enough for them to be bought out. It's early enough for them to be uh, put back on their feet again. But I also think the timing is right to impede on the influence of these other new social media platforms in a way that would actually still maintain the leverage in a 2022 midterm election for Twitter over Getter, over Parler, over Gab, and over Truth Social. So it's killing these new upstarts. And eventually, investors are not going to take that risk because it's a high risk. Anytime you invest millions if not billions of dollars into these social media platforms it's one little thing can break the whole thing we know we saw what amazon was able to do with parlor right shutting them down um we know that uh the reason why it is that um true social is only available on apple is because google is getting in the way of android and and, uh, google by the way Nothing for nothing, but, you know, if you go over to the nationalpulse.com, a a publication I like, it says, Revealed, Google funded a leading lab leak denier. Oh. So, you know, these social, when, when I ask the question, it begs the question, when is it going to be considered that these big tech companies are in violation of FCC violations? When is it that their campaign donations, which probably result in the billions of dollars, is an illegal campaign? I mean, they, they, threw Joe, they threw Dinesh D'Souza in jail for going over uh, a campaign donation a little bit. And, and that was a nominal amount, if I recall correctly. Exactly. A little bit. And, and so what I'm saying is it's two standards of justice, and it's been going on for, for, for forever. I got a clip I want to play. I want to play Donald Trump from yesterday. And once again, Scott Adams show, you know, our show here, we've been right on the money. We've been talking and pounding away at, at, at globalism. We're anti-globalists around here. In fact, if you go to my social media over on Getter, it's at Scott Adams show or on Twitter at Scott Adams show. Guess what? My tagline is anti-globalist. Just in case anybody was in any doubt. I'm thinking about getting a business card. So when I go to these D.C. functions, it's going to be Scott Adams, anti-globalist. <laughs> and then it's going to be political analyst extraordinaire. That's my new uh, phrase, phraseology. You, right? You're going to have trouble fitting all of that on a card. Well, it's just going to be Scott Adams, comma, instead of saying host, it's going to be Scott Adams, comma, anti-globalist. And then in italic, underneath, it's going to say political analyst extraordinaire. Okay. It's going to be catchy. Yeah. It's going to set me apart you, from you, the you pack. You still have space on the back of the card, too. That's true. 
Yeah. So, you know. All right. So let's take a listen to Donald Trump. We grew the conservative movement into a working people's movement, and we transformed the Republican Party into the working people's party. And we are never, ever going back. We've increased our size massively. We're winning areas now that we never thought possible. I think we're going to have a tremendous 22. We had a tremendous 20, but bad things happened. Very, very bad things happened. And we're going to have a great, great 24. But we have to watch the vote counters. Our movement must continue to pursue a populist, nationalist, economic agenda that puts working families before globalist politicians and woke multinational corporations who are mentally ill in many cases. They're sick. We grew the cons- So there it is, right? Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, man, that's exactly what we talk about around here. No, that's exactly Multinational it. corporations mm-hmm. owned by people like BlackRock and our organizations like BlackRock and Vanguard. We talk about anti-globalism or globalism as the plague of the universe. And that's why we have taken a hard stand against Ukraine. And uh, we've taken a hard stand against the New World Order because, you know, it's all about I think that globalists are actually more aggressive than the communists were in the 40s and 30s. And, I, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, if, if Stalin and Mussolini and Hitler had social media platforms and, you know, they would not be censored, number one. You know, I said this. I said, basically, the, the organization or the side that's able to censor you is the side that's in charge and in power. Yeah. Because if they have the power to censor Putin, and they have the power to censor Russia, and they have the power to censor China even, then they're basically the ones that are in power. Uh, because, you know, that's who is in charge. Yeah. The, the, the people controlling the megaphone are the people in charge. Yeah. And it's it's right now the globalists of the West. It's the Trudeaus who will actually run horses over your face. And it's the Australians and New Zealanders that will actually shoot you with rubber bullets in the gut. Mm-hmm. And it is the Bidens who will take your protest over a rigged election and lock you in jail for years. Meanwhile, they got a guy that shot people up in a mall in South Carolina that's roaming free right now on an an- with an ankle yeah. bracelet, able to work. I'm telling you, folks, man, these globalists are absolute uh, horrible. Yeah. I mean, they're evil. They're so evil. And they're aggressive. And they control everything. And they sit there with their Ivy League tweed jackets and... And their Ivy League education, and they act like, and they, they, they drink their champagne with their pinky out, and they sit there with their highbrow, thinking that they're the righteous ones. It reminds me a lot of, you know, Germany and Hitler in the elite when you see these old video footages of some of the worst of the worst sitting there drinking champagne in these fine dining uh, atmosphere. And acting like they're not the biggest murdering thugs since, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they make people like Charlie Manson look like altar boys. 
You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely absurd. You take away all the pomp and circumstance and poshness, mm-hmm. and what you have is you, you have pure evil, and that's what we're not seeing because they put you know it's a it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, is what it is, and I worry about the infiltrators. And I worry about the, you know, sometimes the right could be gullible. And we fall into these traps and we support and endorse ideas that are easily debunked. And yesterday and the day before, you know, we talked about different little things like Shadowgate and Shadownet and, um, and Snake Venom and things like that. And again, Snake Venom hasn't been debunked. What we talked about yesterday was that it wasn't, substantially supporting uh, uh, it didn't have a substantially supported hypothesis there's a big difference between that and being debunked so I am not saying that snake venom doesn't exist what I'm saying is it it doesn't exist in the water you can't get that from without an objection in some sort but then the other part is um, it's not being endorsed and so there's another element to these things. Yes, we know that election fraud happened, and we know that fraud was committed. And you know, but Donald Trump just had a uh, knockdown, dragout little argument with Pierce Morgan, who's coming aboard the Fox News apparently, and so is Caitlyn, right? Bruce Jenner, Mr. Wheaties. Um, you know, is what the heck is Fox News doing, right? But. They're pandering, yeah, like everybody, we have like too every much other infiltration. network. And the Republicans, you know, they try to be so open-minded, but and, and, the, and the Democrats, they play it so perf- perfectly. They, yeah. You know, Black Lives Matter. How could you go against Black Lives Matter? You know. Yeah. How could you? Because you're Marxist, dummy. That's why. Yeah. You know. I mean, but the the idea is no. You 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 must be a racist if you don't support Black Lives Matter because Black Lives do matter. It's like, look, dude, all lives matter. You know, it's just that simple. We're just now coming around to being able to say it. But for years, they own that narrative. And the NBA and all these big corporations that are owned by BlackRock and selling out to China because they want access to those markets. It's absolutely absurd and unbelievable. That's why it's so great that what DeSantis is doing. I mean, DeSantis, what he's doing, they just passed in the House. It's a signature away. DeSantis is going to sign it, and now Disney shot themselves in the foot. Well, they shot themselves in the foot in more than one way because there is that whole uh, what's it called the Reed Creek or uh, situation. But there, but there's also other uh, other things that have. It's a district that's treated like a county. It's a district that's treated like a county, which has been in place for many decades. But the other thing that happened too a long time ago was that people were given uh, incentives. To tra- bring people from California's Disney to um, Florida's Disney, and there are certain tax incentives, et cetera, that were put into place, which th- those things will get rolled back too. So there's a lot more, um, you know, that's behind the uh, curtain here that could happen with the whole Disney situation. This entire thing could blow up. 
you know, in a bad way for them financially. But, you know, the, sc- the scary thing about the Scott, and, and people have talked about this in the last week, is that they don't seem to care about their shareholder value. They or, or they oh, they, yeah. they come across they focus more on their agenda than on the, the value of their organization. And they also are focused more on the agenda than the audience that they're attracting. Who goes to Disney? Disney is for children and families. Uh, we have to remember that 50 percent of the United States probably even higher than that, is conservative. They don't like this nonsense. And this just continue, you know, and, and Ron DeSantis is looking better and better every time he stands up to some ridiculousness. Well, he's standing up to Twitter because he has jurisdiction. Right. See, their pensions actually have Twitter as part of their right. portfolio. I'm surprised. A and lot of pensions probably do at this point. Absolutely. And so you're going to start to see state AGs get together and look into Twitter and this fiduciary responsibility. Right. Now, they're looking at it from uh, a backwards, uh, from my lens, they're looking at it a little bit backward in that they think that Elon Musk is the victim here. And I actually think that Elon Musk m- might be the villain. And I'm going to reserve judgment on that um, only because I'm going to wait and see how aggressive and how fast Elon Musk achieves his goals because if they are delayed unduly and there's it's hard to explain away then we know that the games are being played in an election year to uh, basically stall you know it stall the inevitable you know what I'm saying yes. I'm saying that it's inevitable that Twitter is going to have to come around to restoring Trump's yeah. account and get get off the uh you know, because it when you go to Twitter right now, it's dominated by the left. Uh, even though, I mean, it was dominated by the right before they started doing what they were doing. It was, I think, seventy five percent conservative, and the, and they hated that. Okay, the people that were working there and all the algorithms in the world couldn't fix it. And now, you know, it's so bad that you know uh, Biden uh, he was asked a question about. Uh, 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 um, title 42 and you know he was he was talking about Judge Kimball uh, Judge Kimball he was talking Meredith, about the he was talking about the uh, about her the, um, and, and the ending judges, uh, and ending the mandate ending with the, the masks yeah. and he got it confused he started talking about science and you, you and I were watching this and we're like and I said he's confusing the whole mask yeah. mandate with uh, the, with the title 42 yeah, yeah and you know it just goes to show you how out of touch he is and um, well when he was led away by the Easter Bunny then you knew I mean, yeah, that's the Easter, the Easter <laughs> when you when he was led away by a paid employee dressed up as the Easter Bunny. <clears> then, <throat> then we knew the president was in was in trouble. I mean, if we weren't short of that beforehand. So, so there's another really big story that's going on, and that's people are starting to really notice and talk about the food supply shortage. Yeah, and the food supply shortage is a situation where all these food distributors are sh- burning down. Mm-hmm. And there's just one story after the next, and not just food suppliers, but fertilizer plants are burning to the ground. And this is happening like in a way that has never happened before. Yeah. And it reminds us all of what Henry Kissinger, I'm not a big fan of Henry Kissinger. He's an absolute globalist. 
but um, but he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. yeah, and he he uh, had the ear of the president. Uh, President he's Trump. 98 years old you know his birthday is May he's going to turn 99 this year wow and you know I mean for the most part uh, it was just five years ago that he was in the White House you know talking with Donald Trump yeah um, he said this though it's one of his most famous quotes and you know no no doubt about it the guy is a pretty experienced and pretty smart dude right and he says this. He says, who controls the food supply controls the people. Yeah. Is well, that, that true? Well, I think so. Because think about your most primal needs. People need food. They need shelter. You know, th- those are the things that people care about the most. And if you, and when the food supply gets cu- cut off, you know, if you've ever been in a situation where there's been a blackout or some other c- circumstance where people are fighting for food. Well, how about Africa? Well, we when we take uh, air shipments in, and people are just begging for food, right? Well, people are begging for food, and, and uh, yeah, you know, and and uh, in Puerto Rico, remember when they had that storm? Yeah, and they were they had truck fill truck loads full of stuff that they just allowed to waste. Well, that's what and I'm saying. And then they were complaining that Trump wasn't doing his job. Well, that's and they, the, they were well, the ones that were That's what I'm saying. In people. this country, um, in a recent memory, we haven't had this experience on a broad level. We're about to. But but as we start going into stores and not seeing things available, trying to order things online and not seeing them available, this if this, as this gets worse and worse, this creates a mob mentality where people are going to fight over the last loaf of bread. I mean, that's what it basically comes down to. And, and we get down to our basis. They're, behavior they're, these uh power elites are going to be pulling the strings on the next agenda yeah well that's and exactly we're going to it. be there it's no longer going to be about we're fighting over race remember yeah it was always about dividing us right and they would gaslight america and come up with some cockamamie stuff like it's okay to indoctrinate your children with sex uh gender studies and and trans tr- transgender bs right and uh it, and, and and they would also say that the cops were bad, even though the statistics didn't show it. You know, defund the police because the cops are hate are, are racist. Yeah. Right. That was absolutely everything about that was untrue. Yeah. And so then that would get us fighting, right? Because the Republicans would be speaking the truth. So that's why I say to our Democrat friends, and everybody has friends that are Democrats, I'm sure, and. That's why you got to look at them and you got to say, you know what? I don't know whether you're on purpose lying to people or that you're just that stupid. But either way, uh, it's evil. Yeah, it's evil. It's evil to be that dumb and have a vote that equals mine or it's evil to be that deceptive and gaslighting the American people just because you want the power and you want to win. And 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 selling out your country in the process and then saying, oh, we made a mistake like they did that over COVID and the masks and stuff. Yeah. Remember these actors and actors were like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's like, yeah, but you were the worst offender of violating my civil rights in the beginning. Well, that's and you were like Fauci this and thrice vaxxed that. And at some point, then you come around and admit in an election year that you were wrong. You know, Philadelphia is a great example. We're going to be there this weekend. We're going to be there. And, and just in time, they they lifted uh, the, the, the transportation they just change. They it. And then they, they lifted the mask mandate. 
they, they, they had just put it back in place, then they just lifted it. They just restored it. Three restored days it, ago. And then they said the data indicates that we don't need it. I just, you know, obviously it's about politics. It's not about science. It, these things are all about politics and about the economy. If, a, if enough people uh, rise up and complain, things get overturned. We've been saying, that, we've been saying this for months about so, the vaccinations as well. Henry Kissinger writes this. He says, who controls the food supply controls the people. We got that one, right? Then he says, who controls the energy can control whole continents. And who controls the money can control the world. And that's written by Henry Kissinger. Meanwhile, in Shanghai, you know, they got all kinds of wasted food. Um, People are being drugged out of their apartments. Animals are being killed because... If you had COVID, they're saying that the animal could spread the COVID. So they're killing your people's pets. Yeah. And the confusion is, too, that the um, Watch the Water uh, documentary is scaring uh, people into thinking that they can get it from the water as well. And that's very, very unlikely. Um, But there's a meme out that says they're not predicting food shortages. They're planning them. Yeah. And I believe that's true. And here's the other thing. Um. We're going to go ahead and take a caller in just a moment, uh, in just a moment. Um, but in any case, uh, there's a picture of a plane, right? They lifted the mask mandates on the with the airlines, okay? Mm-hmm. And everybody on the plane, there's got to be about 200 people on this plane, and everybody's smiling and no mask except for one black woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why the blacks uh, tend to be so liberal and virtue signal and all this, but they... They tend to do that. That seems to be their uh, MO. Uh, the, the socialists, not the conservatives. The conservative black uh, people in America are a lot different than the uh, Marxist black people in America, as is with the whites and the Asians and whatever color or race or ethnic group you're in. Um, it's all about ideology. It's not about skin color. Um, but, and I have to say that just to make sure that I don't get labeled in some way. Um, but here it is. The same study, it says here, they're showing this picture and it says, according to MSNBC, 56% of Americans still want to mask on airplanes. Meanwhile, they have this picture and the picture clearly indicates what? It clearly indicates that, um... Uh, 99.9% of the plane full and gleeful that they don't have to wear the mask. So which one is true? The, the poll from MSNBC that's pushing the mask mandate or the people? You know, I got on. And the same thing is true with Biden having empty seats in every rally he goes to. Exactly. No, I got I got on a lift the other day and the lift driver says to me, where's your mask? And I said, well, don't you know, the mask mandate ended. He says, no, no, nobody told us. And I pulled out my phone and I showed him a media source to say the the mask mandate ended. But I think that there are people out there that are just ignoring the news and just saying, and you know what? You probably got a strike. Now you're uh, you're like a bill. You're um you know, whatever it is, your rating. I didn't get it. I didn't get a ding, though. I mean, I didn't. I didn't get a ding because I got a ding one other time because I sneezed and removed my (laughs) mask or lowered it. And I got I got a bad write up. But I'm sorry, I sneezed. You know, I mean, we got a caller. Caller, you're on the air. 
yes, you you're talking about starving and uh, <clears throat> our family had a beautiful mansion bed and breakfast was called the Secret Garden Inn in California. And uh, a lawyer moved in next to us because it was in a residential area. It was a real estate lawyer. Well, long story short, he ended up suing us. We lost that beautiful bed and breakfast because of his several lawsuits. All of our family lost our investment. I ended up being homeless. It, it broke me so bad. And I'll, I'll tell you something. There was a time I was so hungry that I had a, I remember this incident. It was a can of Libby's stew, and I didn't have a can opener to open. That's all I had to eat. I was starving, basically. And I had to take a one of those triangle can openers and keep on doing it until I could get into that can. And I always said to people, I says, until this country maybe is starving, will they realize and do something to stop what's happening in this country? And I tell you, it was that starvation that I had that really <clears throat> put me over the top to say, this country has to change. And, uh, you know, I, I was walking down uh, a state, state Street in Santa Barbara the other day. I had a pizza that I went for, and I had a, I couldn't eat the whole thing, so I had it in a box. I'm walking down the thing. I'm walking down the street, and a guy says, hey, man, can you donate that pizza? Well, it's probably in a time in my life I just would have walked by him. But, you know, I turned around. I says, here you go, buddy, here. And, he, you. you know, the guy's face Good lit up. And it's incidents like this that appreciate and make you uh, realize that we can do something in this country to stop what's happening. There's so many things that are wrong right now that if we don't stand up, we don't do something. Absolutely. If it's, it's going to take the starvation, then, then let, maybe that's what this country needs. It needs to start a little and, and realize that this, what this president, uh, this, I take to call him president, this uh, intimidator, this phony in the White House, uh, if, if we don't stop him and this administration in this deep state, this country will be lost forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for calling in on that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. All right, well, thank you for calling in on that. Then, you know, I'm glad he gave the pizza. I'm glad he gave the and, pizza. You know, that's, that's something a good story. I do quite Well, a you bit. do. You, I, I've, I have, remember you giving people, somebody would sit out by Wawa, and you would give them food, and you would even ask them what they wanted. you say, do you want extra chips? You, you're good at doing stuff yeah. like that. You know, I, I get a lot of grat- gratification out of that. Well, um, I, I think. Uh, doing that. I it's, think the, it's a I small think little thing it's to a, do. It's a small little thing to do. And not only that, but, you know, the part that it's not just the, the, the money or the purchase or the I actually love hospitality I used to wait tables a yeah. long time ago and I love serving I love cooking I, you know I love be hosting yeah well you know and, um, uh, and so I love the I love empowering um you know, like when there's like a homeless person sitting outside of a food like a seven right. eleven or Wawa or something like that um I love giving them power. And and they can order from me, well, and then I serve them. Well, exactly. And it's uh, kind of makes I don't know. There's it something makes, about it. That it makes, makes me you feel good. good. A cool, real quick anecdote is um, when I yeah, when I did a birth certificate clinic uh, for home, were homeless or other people who didn't have birth certificates, we were we were giving coffee to the people as they waited. And I remember I I found a lot of gratitude in saying to the people that were waiting, "How would you like your coffee? Do you want cream? Do you want sugar?" Yeah. And the fact that I, we were well, sitting you there for. Um, 
You you were you were volunteering for who? No, this wasn't volunteering. This was I was the director of development but for uh, was the it homeless. Ronald McDonald House. Too. Oh, I did volunteer yeah. for the Ronald McDonald House as well. But but this was a job, and yeah. I and and but at this particular clinic, um, I was making coffee for people. Yeah, you were working for a homeless organization. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to yeah. before the show ends. I do want to make one quick mention about the French election. Okay, and just, just before we do, I have this stuff I wanted to read. Um, it says here a bunch of food processing plants that has caught on fire over the past couple of months, and there's just clip after clip after clip after clip after clip, and fertilizer plants as well, and there's just a whole bunch of information. It says in all these different places, whether it's uh, El Paso or Nebraska or St. Clair County, um, you know, uh, Hansville, Alabama. I mean, it's all over the place that these places fire destroys Delhi Star meat plant. Explosion causes fire at Oregon potato chip plant. Um, you know, I could just read a large fire at Tyson poultry meat plant. Fire causes over $100,000 in damages at San Antonio Food Processing Plant. I mean, this is just, you know, and it's all within a short amount of date span. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, there's something going on. No, there definitely is something going on. All right. So we got the French election. Yes. Okay. So the second round of the French French election is this Sunday. So the French voters will go to the polls. Yes, this will be it. They're going to the polls for the second time to vote uh, in five years to vote for either Emmanuel Macron, the current president from the centrist party, uh, the Republican on the move, and Marine Le Pen from National Rally, which has been called the far right party, the party established by her father under the name the National Front back in 1972. The uh, the polls are narrowing, uh, but uh, Macron is still ahead. 58. Uh, the latest polls are saying 58% to 42%, but the race is expected to have a high level of abstention. That, around they, thir- don't, they don't talk about turnout. They talk about extent, they abstention. Do. They, they do. They do. Backwards. Uh, they say it backwards, but it doesn't matter. It's the same difference. But they're expecting probably about 30% <laughs> to abstain or rather to get a turnout of 70%. And one, and, and so that's definitely a wild card, which could move the race in Madame Le Pen's favor. And what's also interesting is Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who was the uh, candidate from France Unbowed, which is considered a far left uh, group. He came in third in the first round with over 22 percent of the vote. A whole bunch of his supporters are saying that they are going to either abstain, abstain yeah. or vote blank. So at one yeah. point, he over uh, over 60 percent of his supporters we're either going to abstain or vote and, blank. And we have no time left. But um, one of the other things you said was uh, the, the Penn Party uh, that was started by her father. Yeah. Is sort of back in business. Well, right? well, they well, they are basically they've achieved the legitimacy that they didn't have fifty years ago because she's getting close. Her yeah. father has ran a number of times. She's gotten closer than she's ever gone. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation to support America First policies to make America great again. They are the ones that are sponsoring the Scott Adams Show, and we want to we appreciate that. Also, be sure to check out mps.scottadamshow.com. That's My Patriot Supply. Uh, it takes you right to our link, uh, mps.scottadamshow.com. Also, send an email to mypillow at scottadamshow.com if you'd like to tell us, uh, give us a testimonial about your recent My Pillow purchase. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.